Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Tuesday, the 24th of December. It's Christmas Eve. I'm Jules Breach. He's Andy Brassel. And this is Jules and Andy on Football Ramble Daily. Coming up on today's show, there is so much football just around the corner on Boxing Day, a full set of fixtures. So we're going to be previewing a few of those, including Sheffield United against Watford. We'll be talking Southampton with their trip to Stamford Bridge to face Chelsea. And it is the big one, Leicester against Liverpool. Andy, it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Day is tomorrow. Are you feeling in the Christmas spirit? So excited. I'm and so excited. I have to be ready for it because we were talking, weren't we, before we came on air about Christmas traditions. One of my biggest Christmas traditions, uh, which I, I learned off my mother-in-law, thanks Maureen, is cook the turkey on Christmas Eve. Oh, wow. So you're going to start cooking today? Yeah. This is yeah. a big job. It takes a lot of the pressure off. You don't want to ruin the turkey. It takes a lot of the pressure off. And what we used to do when I was a younger gentleman is the turkey would be cooked on Christmas Eve. We'd come in from the pub on Christmas Eve night. And of course, listeners oh. from Newcastle or people who are familiar with Newcastle will know about their particular type of bread, the Stotty. Oh, okay. And it's, Tell it's, me about it's, it. It's, what, kind what of kind like of a, it's kind of like a soda bread, but much nicer. Right. And um, you, only, you only get it in the Northeast, bizarrely. <laughs> uh, any, anyway, hot turkey sandwich with that. So you start eating your turkey on Christmas, Christmas Day? It can be done. Wow. So do you, wait. Done just a little taster. So you cut. This is very different to my um, traditions. Yes. So, so do you start? Do you I, carve I, the whole... I feel judged because I know your dad's a chef. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Um, do, you, do you carve the whole turkey on Christmas Eve? No. Start making. Oh, you don't do the whole thing. You just carve off the bits you want for your sarni. Yeah, ex- exactly. But because it takes up so much space yeah. and because it takes so much time, if you get it done on Christmas Eve, 
it takes a lot of pressure off for Christmas Day because you, you want to be opening presents. That's and, the you know, thing. On Christmas Day, you do find stuff, that whoever's you? job it is to cook ends up stuck in the kitchen all day, don't they? Yeah. And if you haven't got a nice open plan house where the kitchen is in the lounge, then you are literally tucked away in another room away from everyone else and you're kind of just in there getting drunk on your own, <laughs> which I did last year because it was mine, really? my other half's um, turn to cook last year at his mum's house in Derby. And um, yeah, we were stuck in the kitchen all day, but I got absolutely trolleyed because we were just drinking wine all day. And then before you know it, you're like, we've been in here three hours. I've had a whole bottle of wine and more and uh, I'm drunk before lunch. There was that great story, wasn't there, a couple of years ago in, in 442 when they were discussing uh, Christmas for footballers. And there was an unnamed, I think, late Orient player who had um, got up for, for Christmas Day, a massive argument with his wife, drunk a bottle of Malibu oh, before geez, lunch. A whole bottle of Malibu. Uh, and, and he woke up uh, like horrendously hungover for the... For on the, Christmas for the, Day. <laughs> uh, on, on, on Boxing Day. Wow. When they were playing. Jeez. And he, he, was, he was saying he felt really crook. Um, yeah. And um, he... he um, went to pass wind in the first half oh no and it was more than wind (laughs) followed through (laughs) and so he just he just waved over to the to to the bench and said um gave it one of those i I, I can't carry on yeah Yeah, did did, did the spinny hands and um yeah never never drunk on christmas day again wow don't blame him signed anonymous i don't think we'll get any of that in the boxing day games that you mentioned um but there, there is a lot to to look forward to isn't there and um we marked out a couple of fixtures that we thought we were particularly interested in after um, the weekend just gone. Uh, Sheffield United winning at your beloved Brighton and Southampton, who had a good away win at Villa, go to Chelsea. Now, let's look at South, uh, Sheffield United versus Watford first. Mm. I mean, they both go into it in reasonable nick. It's been a decent start for Watford under Nigel Pearson. We've talked about his bear wrestling and what have you in relatively recent times um but Sheffield United I mean Brighton must have been feeling pretty good about themselves after the Palace game okay they didn't win it but they were excellent for for 70 minutes and Sheffield United came to the Amex and is, is the perfect away performance and they deserve to win even more comfortably than they did yeah they completely dominated Brighton the better team on the day one that's for certain I just think that Sheffield United are such a great story this season, aren't they? They've solidified their place in the Premier League in their first season back in the top flight in over a decade. And they've done it quite simply as well. I mean, they're fifth in the league now. It's just just incredible when you look at the table, the teams that they're above. Tottenham, Manchester United, Arsenal, Everton... West Ham, I mean, it's astonishing. It's incredible what Chris Wilder is doing at that club and and especially with a team of players who near enough are, are pretty much all the players that were playing in the championship. It's almost a championship side that he's taken to the Premier League and it, particularly in the game against Brighton, if we look at that one from the weekend, their 1-0 victory, they were dominant. They were so well organised, defensively solid. They've just got the ability to completely dominate a game from the start of it to the finish by being so well organised. Every single player on that pitch knows they've got a job to do and they know exactly where they need to be. And there were times when in the second half, I thought Brighton came back into the game and I really I really liked what Graham Potter did at half-time because well, he brought, for it, two, didn't they? brought on two strikers, yeah. you know. And, and I think that we, we then had three strikers on the pitch and we still were unable to score a goal against Sheffield United. And I was watching every attack that Brighton made. And I was thinking, right, come on now. This is this is the chance. Every ball that's whipped into the box, Sheffield United cleared it. 
You just can't dribble around the players and, and get into the box that way because they're so well organised. If there's not one player on you, there's two, there's three, they're surrounding you. There's just There was no way that our players could get anywhere near the box to be able to, to have a clean and clear shot at goal because that is how good Sheffield United were. I mean, there have been a few points with Sheffield United where you've thought, right, they've had their fun now. We're going to regress to the mean. Absolutely. Uh, We've uh, been waiting for it, haven't we? Especially when you consider that a lot of those players, and people have said it again and again, were part of their team in League One. Um, It's absolutely astonishing that they've they've kept it going. I mean, you know, I think it was quite easy to go back and think to, what what was it, 2007, 2008, when um, Hull City were... First, first came up to the, the the Premier League under under Phil Brown, and the first half of that season they did brilliantly. Won at Arsenal, won at Spurs, squirrelled away loads of points, and they really needed them in the second half of the season because the bottom completely fell out of it, and they only stayed up on the on the final day. And that was because of what Newcastle didn't do, not because of what they did do, because they they still lost at home to to Manchester United. I mean, Sheffield United on twenty eight points already, and the fact I think that. there's so many things we've talked about in relation to Chris Wilder. The thing that struck me is when they've lost, when they lost the lead against Manchester United, a game that they were 2-0 up in, they should have won and they needed the late equaliser to get it back to 3-3 through McBurney. And when they lost narrowly to Liverpool through that um, Dean Henderson handling error, wasn't it, with Ryan Aldham shot, that Wilder's not come out and said, oh, well, we've done a great job. Um, We've got to put it in perspective. He's called his team out and said, well, you know, if you want to do well in the Premier League, you've got to do better than that. Mm. I, I can't think of many coaches that would that would say that. No. And I think that that's why he's getting a tune out of the players and why they're performing so well. He's a fantastic coach. He won the LMA Coach of the Year last season, didn't yeah. he? And he has to be up there with a shout for the 2019 Manager of the Year. He's got to be with what he's doing at Sheffield United. It's just amazing when you think about it. From Coming up from the Championship, I reckon... Majority of people, if you could have picked before a ball was kicked this season, the three teams to go down, I reckon most people would have had Sheffield United down there. Yeah, people would have had Sheffield United and Norwich. And I think most people would have let away Villa. Obviously, we spoke about them pretty recently. and Not not a good weekend for for, for them. Um, But I think it's not just because of the investment that Villa made in the summer, but people still have it in their minds. It's a massive club. It is a massive club. Mm. It's It's a massive club with great traditions. Um... European Cup winners, and you know, that is still in people's minds, and, and and rightfully so. Whereas you know Sheffield United and Norwich aren't thought of as Premier League perennials, rightly or wrongly, and th- that image does stick a little bit, doesn't uh, yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It does, and and we can't help that. You know, that's what modern football is like, isn't it? You kind of look at a team, and you're looking for a few star players to go. Oh, okay, they're good because of that. They're good because of that. Mm. With with Sheffield United. It's the whole team, isn't it? It's the whole squad. They're just It's they very just, collective. It's, it is. It's, yeah. There's a there's a you can sense that there's a really good team spirit there as well. The boys all clearly love playing together. They love playing for Chris Wilder. And every time you watch them, you just you never expect them to lose heavily. And they haven't done that this season. Well, they've not either. lost at all away from no, home, no, which is amazing. It's just insane for a newly promoted side. I don't think prior to this weekend, any newly promoted team had ever gone nine games away from home without losing and now in in the Premier League that is not in the top flight but in the Premier League and Sheffield United have now done that it's just I I thought I mean obviously I was going to think it because they were coming to the Amex I Mm. thought 
we're going to win this one. We've got this because we've been playing really well as well. And that yeah. and that says a lot about Sheffield United that I know, you know, Brighton aren't the best team in the Premier League. I'm not saying that, but we have been playing really good football this season. Yeah. And I expected at home us to get something out of that game. But as I've already said, there was just no way through their defence. And it's not because they sat back. They just actually played really well. They had a game plan. Well, they controlled the game, they, didn't they? Yeah, they absolutely yeah. controlled it. They dominated it and and they definitely deserved the win. So what are we saying about Sheffield United from here? Because obviously we're now heading into the second part of the season. They play Watford on Boxing Day. Which will be tough, actually. Mm. Um, I mean, I think we've seen already um, that they have a bit more about them under, under Nigel Pearson. Um, I, I still think, I know Manchester United have been roundly rubbished for their their performance but they looked better when when Paul Pogba came on I don't think there's there's any doubt about that and um Ben Foster had to 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 make a couple of saves so you know it's it's not the case as Nigel Pearson said afterwards you know you can't get completely carried away after one win especially when we know United have, have, have struggled on the road especially against you know apparently lesser teams um, but th- this won't be easy for Sheffield United at all. Um, before we leave Sheffield United versus Brighton, mm. though, we-, we have had an email that I wanted to share with you, but a bit of consolation after the weekend, maybe. Oh, I hope um, so. I it's, really uh, it's from Daniel Cobb and it's entitled Future England Manager Graham Potter. Mm. Hi, Jules and Andy. Following on from the push to make Brighton's ev- everyone's second team, I'd just like to share this <laughs> with you. I do some scouting work for Brentford, so they are my first team. However, I also work as an analyst dealing with Swedish Al Svenskan. So I've seen every game Graham Potter was in charge of at Ostersons. Wow. Um, my brother worked at the time as an analyst for Norwegian Elite Syrian. So we decided we wanted to arrange a trip one weekend to see Ostersons playing at home to their closest rivals, Gift Sundsvall, still two and a half hours away from each other, and Rosenberg, who are playing on the following day. Actually, I, I did a trip throughout the match where I did Ostersons and mm. Rosenberg. It's about four hours apart on the train. Anyway, um, I know the fixture usually sells out. However, with a lot of Swedish teams at the time, they had the manager's email address and phone number just listed on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Seems what? reasonable. This always seemed crazy to me, uh, but I thought, what the hell, and gave Graham an email to ask if he could arrange tickets or put us in touch with somebody who could reserve some. He got back to me within 20 minutes, thanking us for the support, not only offering tickets for free, but he offered to help us with our trip itinerary between Ostersund and Sundsvall. As fortune would have it, I moved out of London to Brighton a few months ago to have a baby daughter, so she will no doubt support Brighton anyway. Just wanted to share that and confirm what an absolutely lovely bloke Graham is. Cheers, Dan. Yeah, he's a lovely bloke. He's yeah, prop, a top, top bloke. And from what I've seen so far, it, like, I didn't follow much of what he did at Ostersunds. I know you did more so than me, Andy, but from what I've seen of everything he's done since he's come to Brian. He's just been, he's been excellent. What I love about him, and just to touch on Dan's point there about potentially a future England manager, you can never really call it, but when he said that, it got me thinking, could I ever see Graham Potter being England manager? And I've got to compare him to the current England manager and Gareth Southgate. And actually, when you think about their personalities and the way they are in their press conferences, they actually have fairly similar kind of persona, don't they? It's that very calm, collected, measured sort of personality isn't it you know ne- being you able to never... relate to people is something that's often overlooked because we're in a, an era where we belatedly examine tactics a lot more than we used to it's easy to think that that's the only thing it's not the only thing mm. if, if you can't relate to players and get them to listen to you yeah like you know so steve got Sigwell, no who um works down at, at brighton he looks mm. after some of the um under 16s and coaches them he's obviously around the training ground quite a lot and works at the club and he's said nothing but good things about Graham and said that 
the players have really bought into everything he's doing and he's actually just a really nice bloke. And as you say, I think that is underestimated at times because you do want to have a manager that the players get on with, that they like. But apparently he does have a side to him where he can be quite strict, which is what I wanted to hear because you don't want a manager that's too nice at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So, so what about um, Southampton at, at Chelsea? Yeah. Uh, I mean, great win for Southampton at the, the weekend. Massive. 3-1. Uh, it, it could have been more. Yeah. Um, they had their chances both before Villa pulled one back through Jack Grealish and um, then they had more afterwards, obviously, on, on, on the counter-attack. I know Villa fans will be pretty disappointed with that. But is this a result that Southampton have been threatening for a while? Because I think... They've played better than the results have suggested in recent weeks under Hasenhutl. Yeah, I think this result was coming. I think before the match, when we do our little predictions in the green room at BT Sport and we're sort of thinking who's going to win what, I did see this as a Southampton win. Um, And it was such a big game and there was so much riding on it because, you know, it is a cliche, but it was a relegation six-pointer because whoever lost that game knew they were going to be in the relegation zone come Christmas Day. And that's where Aston Villa find themselves now. Three points from safety in Southampton are now out of the relegation zone. They're on 18 points and they really need to keep Danny Ings fit. I know that the boys on the Ramble yesterday talked a lot about Danny Ings, but he is absolutely key to them surviving this season. I think one thing that Southampton fans will be pleased about in terms of the Boxing Day game at Stamford Bridge is that they're away from home because... They've got three wins away from home this season, mm. including the one at Villa at the weekend. They got a point at Arsenal. They got a point at Wolves. They've taken more points away from home this season than they have at home. So I think the fans will actually be kind of pleased that they're at Stamford Bridge, despite the fact that's not an easy stadium to go to. The fans are so close to the pitch. It's going to be an intimidating atmosphere. But I think that they play better away from home, Saints. Yeah, and you could argue the inverse about Chelsea, I suppose. I mean, they were fantastic against uh, Spurs this this weekend. Um, but they've had a few little stumble trips against teams you would expect them to beat recently at Stamford Bridge. You know, they've lost to West Ham. They've lost to Bournemouth. Two games that I don't think anyone would have would no. have picked. They're proper coupon busters, those. And I think you have to look at Southampton and think there's a degree of mental strength that's gone into that that win against Villa as, as, as well. I mean, I know John McGinn got injured really early on when he was making that tackle on on Cedric which completely kiboshed your oh, your fantasy you know plans what? for the weekend fuming but I spent ages ages deciding who I should bench out of John McGinn and Mason Mount and I just I actually didn't oh, fan- no. I didn't fancy Chelsea at all against Spurs I really didn't so I, I was like do you know what I'm gonna I'm, I had Tammy Abraham anyway so I thought yeah. if they score it's gonna be Tammy obviously it wasn't but um I thought, I'm going to bench Mason Mount, which was a big call. And I thought, this is John McGinn's week. He's blanked for so many weeks now. And I thought, this is the game. He's going to come back into it. Because Southampton, a bit flaky in defence. I thought Saints would win the game. But I thought that John McGinn would get something out of it. I thought he'd score or get an yeah. assist or something. Literally, it was like, what was it? Like seven minutes in and yeah. he's down injured. And I thought, I've absolutely ruined my weekend already with this. Yeah, it sucks. I hope he's all right. I actually haven't checked up to see... What, how bad that injury was? No, Do we know it, the latest on that? I, I, sure. I, don't, I don't know, but it looked mm. pretty uncomfortable, Did, didn't, it? didn't it? So um, best wishes to him. But um, Southampton, I, th- I thought it was so impressive when you look at the fact that the last two games that they've lost are against really direct rivals in that part of the table in the shape of West Ham and, and Newcastle. And I, I know people say Newcastle are ninth, but 
you know, come on, they're, 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 look, they're looking down rather than up mm. if, if, if we're being realistic about it. And they are at that, in that same sort of bracket of teams as, as Southampton. So for them to go there and, and, and play like that, I thought they played with a lot of ambition. Actually. They did. Yeah, they did. You could clearly see that they were, they were de- to be fair, both teams proper went for the win, didn't they? Yeah. they? They, you could tell that from the minute the whistle was blown that, they both were desperate for a win out of that match. And I, I think that Southampton were just better on the day, weren't they? And when you've got a goal scorer like Danny Ings, who is just there to sniff out any opportunity, you're going to win matches. And we we talked about it already, but they need to wrap him up in cotton wool. They need to keep him fit because he is prone to injury, Danny Ings. And without him, it looks a bit worrying for Southampton. But they are boosted by that win now. And I think that Ralph Hasenhutl strikes me as the type of coach that even when he was under pressure and everyone was saying, you know, he might be the next manager to lose his job, he was always quite strong. And I mm. think that he never really, he never really kind of showed that he was under any pressure. Well, do we need to really go back a couple of months and think, is it incredible really that, that he survived that, that 9-0 home defeat to, to, to Leicester? I mean, getting through that is, is, is pretty fantastic. And thinking that they are where they are now, which is outside the relegation zone after that, under the same coach. I think that's something that not a lot of people would have necessarily predicted. No. Um, you know, th- there has been some money spent on that team, arguably not enough. Um, obviously, Shay Adams has struggled mm. so far. I, th- mm. I think they, they need another striker to, yeah, to, to help Danny Ings out. I don't think there's any doubt about that because Shane Long does a lot of great running, but he's never going to score the goals that are really going to make the difference if we're talking about where the goals in the in the team are actually coming from you know you get Ward Prowse chipping in here and there I like but... James Ward Prowse though I think he's, a, he's yeah. a really good player and I think that he's got that that creativity that Southampton need and without him I think you know particularly from set pieces mm. on corners all of those things I think that James Ward Prowse um he's a really valuable player to Southampton yeah I mean it's really him from set pieces and Buffal if he comes back into the team from from open play. I always had a feeling he would turn into Southampton's Dimitri Payet. It's not really quite turned out like that, but I think that he's got himself back into the first team picture after coming back from alone. Again, was something that maybe people wouldn't have necessarily predicted. So I I think, especially in a period like they're just about to go into where they've got a lot of games, he will get his chance at various points during those games and he he could make a difference. Mm, And it's Chelsea for them on Boxing Day. How do you see them faring against Chelsea? Because uh, particularly Chelsea now boosted off the back of the win against Jose Mourinho's Spurs. I think Frank Lampard will be delighted with that. Yeah, he will be. And like like you said, it was a, a bit of a surprise. That I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm surprised that Chelsea got a result out of it, but I'm I'm very surprised how how much they dominated the game. Um, how much um, Lampard had to drop on Mourinho, if we're being perfectly honest, as as well. Spurs weren't sharp. Um, they look really, really sluggish. And um, Chelsea were absolutely fantastic. But I would say as well that it was a fantastic away performance. Mm. Again, they've got to transpose that to a, a home setting against a team that they're expected to beat. Um, it's something that they've they've not managed to do on the, the last two occasions when they've, they've, they've been asked to do it. But, you know, this is Chelsea's season, isn't it? It's a, it's a learning experience. And I think before that West Ham game, People were starting to get a little bit ahead of themselves about Chelsea. It was something that Frank Lampard, to his enormous credit, was quite keen to impress after that game against Tottenham to say, "Look, we're we're still learning, and you know, we've we we can't say we're this or we're that because 
you know, there's there's another game and then there's another game and then there's another game. We can't just build it all in the back of one result. And, yeah. you know, we, we thought of like the Ajax went away and the Champions League is a sort of turning point. And they did have a spell of really great form after that. But to maintain that for the whole season, especially with the fact they're going forward in the Champions League, it's a lot to ask, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and as you say, they went for a, a bit of a bad spell as well. Four defeats in five coming into the match yeah. against Spurs. And that will have knocked their confidence, wouldn't it? So I think that where they are now, fourth in the Premier League table, they're four points clear of Sheffield United in fifth. I think Frank Lampard's got his team in a really good position coming into Christmas. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Leicester suffer a crucial Christmas slip and they have Liverpool on Boxing Day, by which time Manchester City will be eyeing up their second place. This is Jules and Andy on Football Ramble Daily. Um, you can get in touch with us at Jules Breach, at Andy Brassel, at Football Ramble or Jules and Andy at footballrambledaily.com. And I'm always surprised by the amount of emails we get. It's kind of quite retro, isn't it, getting emails these days, don't you think? I love it because obviously on Twitter, there's a certain amount you can say, whereas we love your long stories. So please do keep emailing us. Um, we love those and we're going to get to some of them in a minute. Let's talk about the big one on Boxing Day. It's Leicester against Liverpool. Maybe not so big anymore after Leicester losing to Manchester City. What do you think, Andy? It's a bit of a shame, wasn't it? I wanted... I just thought if Leicester win that and then it just puts a little bit more pressure on Liverpool coming into this game, knowing that if they lose it, that gap just closes. Whereas now it's Liverpool are 10 points clear of Leicester in second place. Although I do think that if Leicester win the game, I'm backtracking now, if Leicester win this game and they've got momentum going forward and Liverpool with, you know, the fixtures coming thick and fast and fatigue and whatever else Klopp has to deal with with his squad and the amount of matches that everyone's playing and the minutes that, that they've got under their belt. You never know, do you? But yeah, I was a bit disappointed that they didn't beat City. Well, you always have some weird results at Christmas. And for me, if Leicester were to win this, that would be a weird result. I, I just expect something from Liverpool now. They're just utterly, utterly relentless. relentless. Yeah, And um, even with the, the, the trip away, 
I don't know if that actually would have done them a, a, a little bit of a favour. I know people will say, what, trip to Qatar and extra time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's not absolutely well, ideal. But I think a, a break from the old routine, a complete break from the competitions you're used to, uh, so the mental scenery as well as the, the physical scenery, I think will be pretty good for them. And, um, you know, especially the joy of actually winning a trophy. And it's something, isn't it, that the fact that the Club World Cup has never really quite gripped people in England to the same extent, not not just that it does in, in South America, but in other European countries. It's a massive deal. And it was funny. I, I remember one of the things I was reading after El Clasico last week, one of the Madrid papers, I think it was Marca, was saying the Clasico was the last day after three years that Real Madrid would be able to wear that gold shield mm. saying they're, they're world club world champions, champions on, yeah. the, on their shirt. They're, they're all really sorrowful about it. I wonder how Liverpool fans will become attached to this. And, you know, there are lots of Liverpool fans out there. They're a club with huge global reach as well. I'm just interested to know how much English Liverpool fans will feel that. We'll, well feel that as a moment, like with, with, with that on the show. I would hope a lot because yeah, it is a big I deal. Think so. I think so. And I think it's one of those things where if Liverpool hadn't won it, it would be like, ah, oh, we don't care about it anyway. Yeah. But because they have won it, it's now going to be a thing and they're going to really kind of make the most of being I hope so. the world champions. And I think they should. I think, you know, all of the players posting on social media about how proud they are to win it and seeing all their pictures with the trophy and The stuff. celebrations and were incredible, weren't they? It was amazing yeah. seeing yeah. all the celebrations. And, and, you know, I think that that will just give them a confidence boost. You know, to, to come back to England and say, we are the world champions. For Jordan Henderson as, as Liverpool captain, you know, that's a hugely proud moment for him to lead his team. And, and you were just saying there about, you know, whether or not actually the trip won't have done the team any bad. You know, they've, as you say, it's a bit of escapism from the normal mm. routine. Also, there's the warm weather, which would have been nice for them to have a bit of a warm weather break when it's so cold out here. And then on top of that, Klopp actually rested quite a few of the players for the semi-final, didn't he? Then for the final, he played pretty much a full-strength team. And Virgil van Dijk was back for that. He'd been ill. So I don't think the players will will be that exhausted off the back of it. No, and I think it'll be quite a nice bonding experience as, as, as well. Um, the idea that they're all the way together mm. um, to reinforce what their aims are for the season, what they're hoping for from, from, from the rest of it. I, th- I think this could work out really nicely for them. I guess the question over Leicester going into this as well, of course, they, they, they took the lead in exactly the way that we would have predicted before the start. Um, but after that, they weren't great. And no. there, there has to be the one question over Leicester this season is do they shrink in these biggest games? And yeah. I guess we're, we're about to find out one more time, right? Yeah, well, they've lost three times this season to Liverpool when the game was at Anfield, to Manchester City and to Man United, all those games were away from home. In fact, yeah, you just, they yet to lose at home, but away Mm. from home in those three games, as you say, against what you'd call bigger opposition. Well, it's about the occasion, isn't it? It Not just, not just the opposition. Not just the team, yeah. I mean, they, they were, they were really blunt at Manchester United, which you you don't expect at all. They were quite poor in that game, weren't they? Yeah. And you know what? I I think you look at that and, the Liverpool, the Liverpool game, they could have lost by more. I, I know they lost in very particular circumstances and they almost snatched a point, but it would have been snatching a point. It, w- it wouldn't have been 
a well-deserved point at Anfield, would it? No, I agree. And and I think against Manchester City, you know, they never really looked like winning that game to me, despite the fact they went ahead. Because mm. I think that Kasper Schmeichel had, had a really good game, didn't he? He made a few brilliant saves. And you thought, at one stage... Man City are going to score. They're going to they're going to score in this game. Mares looked like a man possessed. There was yeah. nothing that was going to stop him scoring against his old club, was there? No, ab- absolutely. And um, seeing Manchester City play like that from a, a, a neutral perspective, especially the way they got into it in the second half, was was really in- enjoyable. Um, obviously, now they've got an opportunity to try and make up some ground and get in second place. Of course, on the twenty seventh, they go to Wolves, which isn't easy at all, mm. and. And, and and will be will be tough for them, um, but yeah, I I do think that you know Leicester have had so many plaudits this season and, and rightfully so. I mean, along with Sheffield United, they've been the story of the season. But I, I think they've got something to prove in this, definitely. I think they do too, and I think that if they do manage to get a result out of the game, if they manage to beat Liverpool, could they gain momentum and go on a little bit of the run? Because after the Liverpool game, they're away to West Ham. After that, they face Newcastle and then Aston Villa and Southampton. Uh, Did you Aston, say Villa, three Aston Villa's actually in the EFL Cup, um, but then it's Southampton and Burnley in the league. They've got a really nice run of fixtures after the Liverpool game. Did you say three points? I didn't say three points. <laughs> <laughs> That's three, not three, said in a South London accent, just in, in case you wondered. Um, look, we, we want to get to some of your correspondence as well before we go. Um, we've been. Uh, Ask, asking you for questions as always and also dream Christmas presents uh, Dylan Tuck my dream Christmas present would be for Spurs to have a solid midfield again but realistically I'll settle for some socks <laughs> um, there, there's there's one here from uh, Andy the Butts saying uh, so Ancelotti brings in Alan Ruiz and Insigne from Old Club and Everton finish top four next season. Well, it's a nice time of year to dream. <laughs> I'm going to say a probably not for that, um, but it, it, it would be lovely for Everton if it were to to, to happen, obviously. Obviously. Uh, Damiano says, very much enjoyed the Jules Breach love for Matt Ryan and Aaron Moy last week. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Australian love as always. So um, thank you so much for that. What is your dream Christmas present, Andy? Have you got one? My dream Christmas present, Wimbledon to make up the stadium fund shortfall. That would be ideal. So, you know, like all people of a certain age, I just want money. <laughs> it's a good thing to ask for. Uh, talking of Australia, yeah. uh, we've got one here from uh, Gary OB. Oh, um, you're going to do it in an Aussie accent? About, I'm, I'm not controversially. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a Christmas present too far, Jules. Uh, uh, hi, Jules and Andy. I'm English, so I don't even need to. There you go. Um, and have been uh, living in Australia for the last year. I can say Jules is spot on when it comes to Optus Sports Service. Top quality. Oh, uh, three, three minutes, 24 minutes and full match highlights from all matches. That's an interesting mm. idea. You talked about that before, mm. didn't you? And they even give you a nice overnight's highlights for all the goals. Ideal for those times, De Bruyne bangs them in oh. against your beloved Arsenal. <laughs> you, you, we feel your pain. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Um, there's one from a, a genuine Australian here, uh, Jacob so Meehan. So much Aussie love. He says, this is all down to you. Hi, Jules and Andy. Love the show. And Wimbledon and Brighton gain a larger place in my heart with each episode that said i may be missing some cultural context as an australian millennial but this is going to be hard not saying an australian <laughs> accent but geez i thought you were pretty stiff on xtc <laughs> i really reckon that tracks a banger cheers jacob i'm sorry i don't know anything about xtc i'm gonna to have to be educated 
greatest hits in the Christmas stocking? Nah, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want some green arrows for my fantasy football team. I know that's sad to ask for, but I've I've dropped dramatically after the worst week ever. Um, so you yeah, see, I'm like some green arrows. I'm in hibernation until the uh, Champions League Fantasy League restarts in, oh, yeah, February. In, in, in February. That's the thing. You open up the app like, in, in a couple of days before the games. You think, oh, half my team's been knocked out. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that obviously becomes you have to rehash more the whole and, team. Yeah. yeah, and that becomes more and more the case as the rounds go on, obviously. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, look, that's it for us. We're going to go and get ready for Christmas. I'm sure you want to do the same as well. Just a reminder, though, that next week we are doing an end of year special. We're going to be going through some of our favourite moments of 2019. And we've had so many great suggestions from you guys. We're going to be getting as many of your stories on from the year on next week's Tuesday Ramble. So make sure you have a little listen to that. And uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas, Andy. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy Christmas to you too. Thank you. Have a great one. Make sure you eat all the food, all the cheese and drink all the wine. Have an amazing time and we'll see you next week. This was a Stakhanov production. Yay! All the cheese, all, all the, the wine. wine. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.